0: Welcome to the Prophecy Club, and happy Thanksgiving to you. So, the situation is this. I'm going to be spending a few days with my family for Thanksgiving. So, we're going to make a fantastic offer for everybody to celebrate the Thanksgiving and the Christmas holidays. So, Prophecy Club started inviting guests, making recordings back in June of 1993. Over 19 years, we made Uh, About 330 recordings, 160 different guests, and we've offered these typically for about $30 each. Some of them are doubles for like $50. However, today you can go and watch about 300 recordings valued about $6,000 at WatchProphecyClub.com for a gift of $20 a month or $200 per year. That's a great deal, but we're about to make it even better. For the month of December... 2021, if you sign up for WatchProphecyClub.com, that's $20 a month or $200 a year, you're going to get the whole month of December, that's right, the whole month of December, free, just for signing up, but you got to use the promo code WPC2021. Here's the way you do it. You go to WatchProphecyClub.com, and then you click Get Access Today, You put in the promo code WPC2021, as in Watch Prophecy Club 2021. I'll say it again. So you go to WatchProphecyClub.com, you click Get Access Today, and you put in the promo code WPC2021. You can watch any or all of, if you can watch all of the 300 DVDs during the month of December, free. Now let's go watch. Illuminati Game, or a Blueprint for World Domination by Stephen Dollins, recorded in October 2005. Will you help me welcome your speaker this evening, Stephen Dollins. <laughs> Thank, you.
1: Thank you. God bless everybody here. Uh, it's good to be here. It's good to be anywhere the rest of the way the world's going, the way things are starting to come about and starting to come fast, it's good to just be anywhere. Amen? And bless God for the Prophecy Club, because this is the kind of thing that you won't hear in your church. You know, don't get me wrong, I think the church is, is great, and the church is where we need to go to get energized and we need to go get fed, but right now, God is more concerned with bringing those people in that have not heard the gospel of Jesus Christ those loved ones, the ones in your family, your acquaintances, those are the people that God is more concerned with now. It's not for the ones who have already heard the word and are heeding the word, it's the ones who have been rejecting that word for years and years and years. And time is short, how many know that? Time is short. What you're going to see tonight is that it's even shorter than what we think it is. But you know, these are going to be some exciting times. It's not going to be exciting for the wicked, But it's going to be exciting for those believers because it just means that the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is becoming sooner and sooner. So keep that in mind. Now, one thing I want to say, you know, it seems like that every time I'm in front of a group and I'm talking to people or I'm doing any kind of presentation, it seems like I'm always talking about role-playing games or fantasy cards or things like that, you know, with the Harry Potter and the Teletubbies and Pokemon and it, you know, I guess I just have the fantasy anointing. You know, that's, I guess that's what God's called me to do. But, you know, when God calls you to do a certain thing, then that's your task. That's that's what you're, you're to do. And I want to say that every one of us here tonight have been called to a ministry. Don't let the devil deceive you anymore. Every one of you here tonight have been called to a ministry. Every one of you here have a specific assignment that the Lord has given them. What it's time to do now is to seek God and find out what that assignment is, find out what that calling is, find out what your gifts are, and then get up and go do the work. Because the, the work is, is much, but the time is short. But you know, it, you can go out and you can talk about Harry Potter, you can talk about Teletubbies, you can talk about Pokemon, and you can bring the, the game, you can bring, the, you, you bring cards, you can even show clips from the movie, you can bring the books and set them up, and nobody gives you any hassle. But you start talking about the Illuminati brothers and sisters, and that's another game, that's another story. They will try to shut you down in a heartbeat, because now you're stepping on the toes of the big boys. Well, how many know we're here to glorify Jesus Christ? We're not here to glorify the devil, and I don't want to give him any glory tonight. We want to kick him. And the way you can kick the devil the most is when you start exposing his strategies and start revealing to his people what is about to happen, what he's about to do. That's how we kick him. That's that's where you hurt him the most. Now, unlike Pokémon, unlike the uh, Magic the Gathering, some of those other role-playing games, those are basically a lot of fantasy games, and they involve a lot of mind-consuming time where you're really getting into the role-playing, and people can slip in. How many know that during Dungeons & Dragons, when you're playing that role-playing game, you actually become so in tune with the character that you're playing that your mind can let go and you actually begin to think that you're that particular character. And that's the danger of those kind of role-playing games. Unlike those kind of games that are, that are basically based on fantasy type of things, what we're going to look at tonight is a role-playing card game that was produced in the 1990s that is not fantasy. This role-playing game is prophetic, very prophetic, because it actually reveals what has happened to our country, not just in the America but in the world, to what's happened in the past, the present, and what's yet to come. These cards are going to reveal those things to us. Now, as Stan told you, the the main thing that that happened was I got a call and said, now one of the people that came up in one of the Crusades or or one of the meetings, and said, did you know that there are cards out there that actually show the World Trade Center and, and the uh, Twin Towers and the Pentagon uh, on fire and being hit? And uh, he said no, and he told him what the name of this game was, and he said, well, if anybody's got it, it's probably Stephen." Now, I, I guess that's a compliment. <laughs> but he called and he said, do you have this? And I said, actually, yes, I do. I said, Back in the 1990s, I was, I was going uh, to a bookstore, and I think I was in there either buying a record or buying a CD or, or a book, and I took it up to the front, and uh, right there at the very front of the, the uh, store, right at the cashier's desk, they had these cards, just decks, and uh, on that was, it was the name of the Illuminati game. And I said, oh, a game about the Illuminati? I said, you know, and, and coming out of Satanism, Uh, in 1978, I knew about the Illuminati. I already knew who they were, knew what their purpose was. Now, anyone here tonight who has never heard the word Illuminati, does not understand the word Illuminati, or does not, you know, this is your first time. Good, we don't have to do Illuminati 101. Okay. But by the time this presentation is over, we'll understand who these people are and why they're doing what they're doing. This is such a vast organization I mean, you can, it's just pinpoint groups. I mean, you could just, you could say, well, it's the Masons. No, the Masons are just a tiny pinpoint group of them. You could say that it was run by a Zionist or by, a, a, you know, Judaism type groups. and you, No, that's just a pinpoint of it. This thing is so vast and so worldwide, it's global. I mean, and there's just various groups that make up this one big organization known as the Illuminati. They serve Lucifer as their master. They have taken a blood pact, they have actually signed a pact with the devil himself to get their power, to get their, their position. And they believe that it's better that the world be governed and ruled by them rather than by the governments we have now. So that is the, the Illuminati. That is the vast organization. And what we're going to t- take a look at is just a brief history of that, just so you kind of understand that. But anyway, Stan called me and said, uh, do you have these cards? And I said, yes. And you know, when you go to look for something, you can look for it and look for it and not find it. But when God wants you to find it, all of a sudden it's like, there it is. That's the way this thing was. I looked through everything. I mean, I went searching because as soon as he said that, I, you know, I'd I'd put those cards away somewhere and I didn't even think about where they were. And so he said, "Uh, do you have those? And I said, yeah, I'll look for them. So I looked, and I looked, and I looked, and pretty soon uh, my wife said, Guess what I found? And I said, What? And she said, I found those cards. Well, it was in the last place that I would have thought looking. You know, that's how God is. You know, you can look everywhere, but usually it's in the last place you would think of looking, and that's where God, God's directing you where they are. So I found them, and I started looking through them. And I called, I called Stan, and I said, uh, Stan, I found those cards. And he said, Do you have those cards that show those things? And I said, yes. And I said, would it also interest you to know that it also portrays the London attacks, and it also portrays those things that are yet to come? And he said, like what? And I said, like an epidemic. Virus is being released once again. And it also shows three events to happen before the coming of the man known as the Antichrist. And he said, real interesting. So we decided to do a broadcast on it. And it turned out, I think we did five broadcasts on it. And it, it got good response, and uh, so then we decided that what we do is, is do a tour on it. Now, like I said, you can go out and talk about you know, the, the games, and you can talk about the movies and things, and nobody gives you any problem. But when you try to talk about the Illuminati, that's another thing. And I want to apologize, because my intention was to actually bring the cards so that you could see the cards themselves, I wanted to produce the the actual pictures on the cards so that you could see the illustrations for themselves and see what they portrayed. That was my intention. And I even wrote this game company and said, I'm minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I said, uh, I, I don't know if you know this, but your cards are awesomely prophetic because they tell the past, the present, and future events to come. And I said, what I'd like to do is use those cards in a in a PowerPoint presentation and then, and go on a speaking tour, and then do a video at the end, using that same presentation well i didn 't hear any sp- response back from the company. I emailed them at least ten times, even wrote to the head man, and I never got any response. so I, I said, "What do we do?" And they said, "Well, just go ahead and get the presentation ready, and you know just go ahead and work on it." So I did one week before time to go. And Stan had called them too, Stan had already uh, w- had called and talked to them, and emailed and said that, uh, you know, here's what we want to do, we would like to get your permission. We also said we want to make it understood that we're not out there to try to uh, slander the company, we're not out there to talk about the company in any way, shape or form, because it's not the company we're concerned on. It's the cards themselves and what they portray, okay? And so, one week before time to go, I got a letter back from the company. And it wasn't even from the head man that I'd written. It was from the executive vice president. And he said, no explanation whatsoever. It just said, thank you for our uh, interest in our Illuminati game. It said, unfortunately, we cannot grant your request. Now, I think that the reason they did that was because they have suffered legally. And I'll explain that in a minute. I hope that's the reason they did that. I also know that the reason they did that is because those cards are very revealing. Those cards were never meant to be out on the market. Never. Because what happened, this, this thing started out in 1990, and it started out as an internet game, an interactive role playing game on the internet. and You had players playing it against each other on the internet. And they tested this thing, play tested it, and found out that it got real popular, and the popularity of this thing was so vast that they decided to take it to the next step, which was the trading cards. And in the early 1990s, that was when trading cards were starting to become very popular. People were collecting them. And so they decided that what they do is, would be to come up with the illustration of these cards, and they would just start coming up with various groups and start uh, uh, putting these cards out. And they put them out in decks. Now, there's 450 cards in the entire set. In other words, if you were to buy the entire set, there's for, over 450 cards in there. But what they decided to do was to break that down into what was called starter decks, and the starter decks have 55 cards in them. Then you had to buy the booster packs, which had five more cards in them. Now, the problem with that is, it's just like baseball cards. If you go out and buy baseball cards, and you buy a deck of them, or a pack of them, and you buy another pack, you're taking a chance of ending up with either the same cards or two or three of the same thing. So that's how they made their money. And then you just had to go and continually buy the decks and buy the starter kits. And and so that's how they made their money on the, on the, the, uh, the, the cards. And then they decided that what they would do would be to play test this thing and see how popular it was. It didn't get as popular as what they think it was going to do, so what happened was these cards went on market in 1994, they went out of print in 1997. You cannot go into a regular store now and go in and buy these these cards, or the starter decks, the booster packs, or the, the factory set. Just can't be done, because these cards went out of print in 1997. Uh, so anyway, they, they play-tested this card game, and they, they decided that what they do is make the, the, the cards and, so that people could collect them. And when they were, in, were issued in 1994, it got real popular. These cards began to get real popular. And you remember in the 1990s, the word Illuminati was not even in, in a household name. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew what anybody was talking about, uh, except just for a chosen few. You had people out there, evangelists like John Todd, some of the other ones that were out there showing about the, the seal, the great seal on the back of the dollar bill, and telling you that this was the seal of the Illuminati, and telling you what it stood for. And he also came out and told what some of their plans were for the for future events. And people thought at that time that he and all those other people were crazy. Now they look back at him and say, gee, we should have listened. You know, we should have listened, because a lot of the things that they said we've seen things take place exactly as they said they were going to. They're right on schedule. And brothers and sisters, I want to tell you something. I'll tell you how close we are. If we had a a clock right up here on the wall, 12 o'clock, being zero hour, in other words, the time that everything was completed at 12 o'clock, we are now at 1155. That's how close they are to having everything completed and done. So in 1990, they, they came out with this game and they play-tested it over the internet, and someone else took an interest in this game. And that was the United States Secret Service. Now think about that for a minute, that's kind of, kind of interesting because the Secret Service is an elite group of men who have basically one purpose, and that is to protect the past and the present presidents of the United States. Also, to protect and guard political figures. These are the guys that supposedly throw themselves out in front of a bullet if somebody's trying to assassinate them. Why would the United States Secret Service take an interest in a trading card game? You have to ask that. You have to ask yourselves very, very clearly, is this something that they did not want to get out on the market? Why would they take an interest in this? So what happened was, March 1st, 1990, the United States Secret Service accompanied by the city police, also accompanied by what was identified as a telephone expert, raided this game company. They came in the doors. And you know, they did exactly what you and I would do if the government came in through our doors and said they wanted to search your house. Nothing. Because basically, the government comes in, they're the big boys. And so they just got out of the way and let them do what they wanted to do, and they went searching. In fact, it says that the documentation and witnesses say that they went into the warehouse and began to tear open boxes. They began to uh, grab computer equipment. They seized four computers, two hard disks, a lot of different computer equipment. Uh, they, They tried to get a file cabinet open to see what was in there. They couldn't get it open. They broke two letter openers trying to get the file cabinet open. They couldn't open it, so they just hauled the file cabinet off. And all the time that they were there, and the game company people were asking, why are you here? You know, what, what's, what is the purpose of your here? And they said, we can't tell you that. We, we, don't, we, don't have an, we don't have to explain anything to you. So they were kept in the dark as to why they were there. They had no, no idea at all why the Secret Service would take an interest in this thing. But they went back in the warehouse and they noticed that all the boxes and things were just thrown out everywhere. I mean, they, you know, when, when the government goes through things, they don't go through it neatly. They just basically go in and you pick up the pieces of whatever they get done doing. And that's exactly what they did, and and basically they they wrecked the warehouse. They were looking for something. And one of those computers that they got was actually at the time running the Illuminati game on the Internet. One of the hard disks that they got actually had the plans for the trading cards. So now not only did they have how the game works, the rules, all those things, but they also had the exact plans, the the replicas of the cards, they had the illustrations for the cards. Now they knew what these people were doing, what they were getting ready to produce. They went through court battles for three years over this, trying to find out what went wrong, what what this thing was about. And finally, after asking and asking and asking, they finally were allowed to see the affidavit by the United States Secret Service. And the reason they said they raided the game company was because it was part of a nationwide computer piracy investigation. Now, I did a little research, and you can do some on your own too. In 1990, there was no other game company hit by the United States Secret Service. There were no raids, no nationwide computer piracy investigation. So they lied. Now that can't be, can it? Our government, lie. But, but they went through, and after three years, after three years of court battles, finally they got a hold of a federal judge. And this judge looked at this case and said, this is nonsense. This doesn't make any sense. You, your, your case won't hold up. And so they threw it out. They awarded the game company $250,000 in damages, or in, in attorney's fees, and $50,000 in damages. And so now the game company, which almost went bankrupt at the time, because now they, you know, when they came in and rated everything, basically they put everything on hold. And now, so the company wasn't making any money whatsoever. They couldn't even pay their employees. So it, they had to back off on, on their employees, try to try uh, had to lose some of them, let them go, just so they could make ends meet. But now, after three years, now they had the money back, and now they could produce these cards. And so in 1994, this game was released onto the market. And what you're going to see is why they did not want these things released. Now going back, I want to say that was my intention was to allow you to see those things. However, we were not given permission to do that. And so we've got to keep within copyright laws and legal, legal listings. And so tonight what you're going to see is a representation, the closest thing that we could get to the actual illustration on the cards. I want you to understand that. It, it's not going to be in color, it'll be basically in black and white. Um, and just kind of bear with it, you'll, you'll just look at it, but remember that it's not so much the artist, it's not so much the card itself, it's what it represents and what it's foretelling us. Now, do I believe that the game company was a part of the Illuminati? No. Because if they had been, that game company would not have been raided by the United States Secret Service. It was a part of the, if if it had been a part of the Illuminati, they would have said, let's just go ahead and get the cards out there. But somebody did not want to see those cards. They didn't want the public to see those cards. Remember that in the 90s, Mr. Illuminist himself, the United States Secret Service does not make a move unless it comes down from the United States President. Keep that in mind. Someone had to give the order for them to go in and raid that game company, okay? They didn't just do it on their own. Someone higher up gave them the authority and gave them the word, you go and do this. You go and raid this company. You go and get their information because we want to see what they're doing. So, what we're going to look at tonight is this game, Illuminati, is it just a game? Or could it be, and is it, blueprints for world domination? In in retrospect of this thing happening, when they released these cards on the market, basically what they had planned on doing was to come up with about two to three different sets of these things. And remember I told you that one set is like over 450 cards. Now, I decided that what I would do would be to go ahead and get the entire set, since I just had like three or four of the starter decks. And uh, after we did the broadcast. Uh, you know, on uh, the Prophecy Club, I decided what I wanted to do. I said, well, shoot, I wonder, I bet there's more cards on there that show more stuff. So I decided that what I would do would be to try to find and locate this 450-card set. I did. And I got this card set, and now I want you to imagine this. Here I am at home. I take out all 450 cards. I've got them laid out on my bedroom floor. I've got them on the bed, I've got them on the counters, I've got them on the dressers. I mean, my wife was getting mad because she couldn't even get through to get to a shower. You know, it it was just full cards laid out. And I said, Lord, I said, there's over 450 cards in this thing. I said, there's no way that I can show 450 cards. I said, we'd be there for three or four months. And he spoke and he said, no, he said, some of those cards are just silly cards. Some of those cards are disinformation cards. Some of those cards just represent satirical things about different groups. He said, but, he said, there are key cards that he will pick out that he would show me that point and show a picture of our past, our present, and our future. And what I started to do was under under prayer and under anointing, go in and start lifting those cards up as he showed them. And I had a stack, I mean a whole deck, all all of my own. And I started going through those things. I hadn't really paid any attention when I was pulling them out. And I started going through there, and I said, let's, let's see what, what's in here. And I started going through there, and sure enough, it showed a picture. And it, it surely enough showed a lot of the things that are going to come before the return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Things that are happening very rapidly, and they're going to happen even more rapidly. How do I know that? Because in 1970... As a satanist high priest, I was also a member of an elite group of that church called the Crimson Flame. Because of my position, I was shown a pamphlet about bi-monthly. You get this black pamphlet, and you open it up, and it's basically top-secret documentation from an organization called the United Satanic Front. Now let me explain that. There are two facets of Satanism. One, you have the Satanist wannabes. Okay. That's the kids that paint their face up and they look like they're, you know, walking dead. You know, the black under the eyes. They change their hair color. Uh, They'll wear like Satan rules and 666 on their t-shirt. You know, take a cat or dog out and sacrifice it and think they're going to get power from the devil. Well, those are the Satanist wannabes. The ones that we need to be concerned with are the elite group called the United Satanic Front. These are your doctors, your lawyers, your professionals, your people in education, your people in government who have actually signed a blood pact with Satan himself to get their authority and get their power. How do I know that? Because I had to sign a blood pact with my own blood in order to enter the the Church of Satan. So I know that's how these things operate. In 1970 I saw a 12-step plan for United States takeover by December of 1984. They wanted to follow right along with George Orwell's book, 1984, you know, bringing in Big Brother and that sort of thing. There were some things on that plan, however, that they didn't get accomplished because things were not in place. They didn't have the technology. They didn't have the timing. They didn't have the things correctly in place. For instance, one of those things was they wanted to create a pseudo-fuel shortage. Now how how many remember in 1973 they started coming out and telling people that we were running low on gasoline? And when you had it, we were going to have an energy crisis then. And then here come all these planes flying over the ocean, huge tankers, oil tankers, sitting there on top of the ocean. And that got thwarted. One of the other things they wanted to do was the assassination of all major evangelists in the United States. And I remember watching Billy Graham a, during a television crusade uh, one night. He stated that he felt like his life was in danger more so than any other time. He doesn't know how right he was. <clears throat> they had a contract out on his life. And if they couldn't kill them with a bullet, they'd kill them through slander. Because, see, if you destroy someone's testimony, you destroy their integrity, you destroy their character, and you just as much killed them. So what they do is they set them up with sex scandals. Okay? So now you know where those things come from. A lot of ministers, a lot of ministries have been destroyed that way. That's, that's part of a plan. One of the other things they didn't get done is they wanted to destroy all crops south of the Mason-Dixon line. Now if that had happened, that would have literally made transportation come to a stop. Not only that, your grocery stores would have been bare within days. The other thing they wanted to do was they wanted to create a gang war. They wanted to pit, pit, pit the blacks against the whites, the Jews against the Mexicans, and everybody against everybody and then have them go in and make a huge uh, interracial war and then they'd step in and pick up the pieces. Well, that didn't happen. They tried to do it in the 60s with Watts. It didn't happen. It didn't work. They tried to do it again with the, uh, the, the recent... Uh, yeah, R.J. R. J., J. J. Simpson trials. They wanted to try to do that again. They were hoping that he would have been found guilty because that would have started the war. It didn't happen. But let me tell you something tonight. Every one of those things that didn't get accomplished, now they have in place. Now they do have the technology. Now they do have the timing. Now they do have the people that are ready to do it, and they can do it at any time. But it will be done in God's time. You got to keep in mind that everything you see tonight, God is going to protect his people during these times. But these things must happen in order for God to fulfill his ultimate purpose. And that is to bring an unrighteous, unholy, and wicked world reconciled back to him. Hosea 4.6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Look at that word, destroyed. Now, that's why it's important to study and know these things. God does not want us to be ignorant of our enemy. It doesn't even make military logic. When you go to war against someone, you want to know how he operates. You want to know what his strategies are. You want to know how he operates behind the lines. You want to know also what his strengths and what his weaknesses are before you go into battle with him. Well, the same thing. God wants us to be knowledgeable of our enemy. 1 Kings 11.2. Now, God is talking to wise old Solomon. He's talking to the, the house of Israel. But how many know that when God speaks to one, he speaks to all? In other words, he's not just speaking to one, he's addressing all. And if he speaks to one nation, it's not just one nation, he's speaking to all. And just using them as, as the uh, object. And in 1 Kings eleven two, it says, ye shall not go into them, talking about going into different countries, neither shall they come in unto you, for surely, watch this, they will turn away your heart after their gods. You see, Solomon was very wise, but good old Solomon had a lot of concubines, and he took several wives, quite a few. And those wives were from different countries, different nations, and they served different gods, and they brought those gods with them. And they talked old Saul into putting those gods into the temple. What God is saying is, don't go in unto them nor let them come in unto you, for surely they'll turn away your heart. And what did we do with the United States, dear old United States of America? We, we adopted an open-door policy. And we said, give us your weak, give us your tired, give us your poor, you're hungry. We should have included, you're occultic, you're possessed, you're pagan. You know, and that's exactly what we did. We opened up the door and let these different gods in. Brothers and sisters, the United States of America was based on this. We were never to accept any other gods but the one God, the one true God. The Illuminati was founded by a Bavarian named Adam Weishaupt. He was very high in canon law. He was a Jesuit, and he had one major goal, and that goal was to take all the secret societies at that time, unite them as one, and then they could govern everything because they looked at governments as being inapt. In other words, they could not run a a country the way that it should be run. And they also looked at that people were kind of like animals, that we didn't know what decisions to make for us. We didn't know the right decisions to make for us. So we needed someone to make those decisions and to govern us. Well, that's kind of like what's going on right now. And this was started in May 1st, 1776. And they developed a, a basic premise, and that was order out of chaos. In other words, make an order out of chaotic things. Now, in order to have chaos, you've got to create it. And then what you do is, you step in and take over, and you solve all the problems, and then you become what? The Savior. The Savior of mankind. And that's what they intended to do. Now, we said this was begun in May 1st, 1776. Now, wait a minute. Isn't May 1st May Day, where they dance around the Maypole, which is a pagan ritual? Isn't May 1st also the birth date of communism? Interesting. Order out of chaos. This is their seal. When someone puts a seal on anything, basically what they're saying is they're putting their stamp of approval. They're also saying that they're putting their stamp of ownership on that thing. And you notice that this seal was placed on the back of our dollar bill. Now, the the reason that got there is because some of these groups that were forming the Illuminati involved some of our dear forefathers. You see, some of our dear forefathers weren't the men we were taught that they were. For instance, good old Benjamin Franklin. Good old Ben, you know, that founded electricity, uh, you know, discovered electricity, you know, flying a kite, the key struck him. It didn't also tell you that he was a member of a group called the Rosy Cross, which are called the Rosicrucians. They believe in human sacrifice. But yet they rewrote history. They knew they had to do that at one point in time. Now what you're seeing is their seal. Let's break that down. If you look up at the top, it's in Latin, and it says annuit coeptus. If you translate that, it says announcing the birth. Novus Ordo Seclorum is New Order of the Ages. You'll notice also that there are blocks going across the base of that pyramid. There's 13 blocks, or 13 basic cement blocks making up the base of that pyramid. That does not stand for the 13 colonies. It stands for the 13 most powerful families at that time, bloodline of the Illuminati. You'll also notice that at the top of that, the capstone is away from the base which means that they don't have everything completed. When the new seal comes out, that capstone will be set on top of that base, and that will mean that everything is completed as one. That is not the all-seeing eye of God, that's the all-seeing eye of Lucifer. And that's the illumination. What you're seeing, the bright part around that, is the illumination, or referring to it, the Illuminati. We have to ask ourselves, do we see the signs? Because, see, God has been showing us signs after signs after signs. You remember the old country, uh, or I guess it's not old, but you remember the country song. You know, here's your sign. Yeah. You know, well, that's kind of what God is saying. Here's your sign. You know, we've got to start looking for those things and seeing those. And there's a lot of things out there that we're really not catching that we should, really should be looking into. For instance, look here. Caution: New world order ahead. Potential hazards may include military draft. Gee, could that have anything to do with depopulation? World War III. Forced vaccinations, brothers and sisters, that's one of the things that are right around the corner. Forced vaccinations. Prison industrial complexes. And elite controlled depopulation. Now, wait a minute. Do you mean to tell me that there is a group of people or a nation that basically looks and says, we've got too many people on the earth, we need to get rid of some of them? Absolutely. Absolutely. As hard as it sounds. What I'm doing now is I'm going to go through the cards. I'm going to show you exactly the deck that God pulled out. Not not me. This is what the Lord pulled out and put in that deck. And this is the order of the things. So what you're going to see is the order that God put these things in. The first one that came up was the Protocols of Zion. The Elders of Zion. And what you see are two men here. This was uh, uh, minutes of a meeting held by the Elders of Zion. It's a very powerful Zionist group. If you ever get a chance to read... The Protocols of Zion. It's a huge, thick manuscript. But basically what it says is that we're like cattle, we're like sheep. We need to be led. And governments can't do it. So remember that Adam Weishaupt said secret societies can lead better than government. That they can do it in a a much more uh, efficient manner. So we don't know what's best for us. We need what decisions made for us. And so that's what the Protocols of Zion is all about. The next card that came up was Templars, the Knights Templars. And this represents the start of the secret societies. The Knights Templars were actually um, Catholic, French monks. And they were Christian. Now, what happened was, we had these monks that were in a monastery, and this monastery was being attacked constantly by a Shiite Muslim group run by a man named Asani. And Asani is where we get the word assassins. Because his men were proficient in one thing, and that was killing their victims. And then after they killed them, what they would do would be to sever their heads from their bodies. Now, the monks were getting attacked, they were getting killed off, and all the the knights were off in different crusades, you know, doing other things, so they couldn't get any protection. So what the Templars decided to do was to form their own army. You know, onward Christian soldiers, these were probably the first ones. Because what happened was they started training in military strategies and became very efficient in military tactics and fighting. So here you had monks that were going from uh, township to township, and they were going and they were ministering, and they were doing good things, you know, bringing food to the poor and things like that. But if they were ever attacked, they could fight back. So what happened was these people got a little bit too big for their britches. And the Catholic order began to look at this thing because young men wanted to be a Knights Templar more than they did a priest. And it got real popular that the young men would strive to go into this order of the Knights Templar rather than go into priesthood. So the the Catholic order got got real uh, disturbed about this, and they decided that what they would do would be to ban them. And the, what they did was they made accusations that they were practicing witchcraft and occult rituals within the Catholic Church, and that's when they would get under under... Uh, suspicion, and then they went under inquisition, and then they were banned. People thought at that time that they had just gone out, that no more were the Knights Templars. Brothers and sisters, all Masonic order is the underground of the Knights Templars. The next card was rewriting history. See, the alumni knew they had to control education because in public schools we were turning out children that were far too smart. You know? You've you seen, you know, our children now, we have a lot of our children now can run computers better than we can. I'll be at home and sometimes I'll be typing on my computer and sometimes it'll freeze up. And my little five year old daughter will walk in there. I'll be beating on that thing, you know, trying to get that thing. And she'll say, Daddy, you're going to break it. And I say, Oh, I'll get this thing. You know, she'll walk in there and she'll take a key and hit it. And it's right back to where it should be. And I'll sit there and, Thanks, dear. You know. But we got, we've got children that are, that are smart. So what they decided to do was to do a dumbing down program. And that's why our children can't get the type of education that they need now. And the type of education that we would really love for them to have. is because they were turning out to be too smart, we had to dumb them down a little bit. And what they decided to do was develop a program that would get their little minds in tune with other things and take their minds off of the true things. Mathematics, English, all those things that they would need later on in life. One of those tools that they're using, don't forget this name, is Scholastic Inc. because Scholastic Inc. is the organization that is responsible for getting Harry Potter into your school systems. They are also, about three weeks ago, I saw a news article which had said that Scholastic Inc. was now getting ready to come out with an even more exciting character than Harry Potter. Even more powerful it said than Harry Potter. And in their words it said, it will captivate your child's attention. See it's all for purpose. It's all designed to do that. You see when you see all these videos and you see all this information come forward, there's no doubt anymore that there's a conspiracy. No doubt. I mean used to it used to be well we we, we think there's a conspiracy, we don't really don't know. There's no doubt there's a conspiracy. It's just, we don't know who all's involved in it yet. But don't forget that name, Scholastic Inc. Power corrupts. Adam Weish had made a, a clear statement. He said, give me control of a nation its money, and I care not who writes its laws. When they put the seal on the back of our dollar bill, that basically said, we're giving the stamp of approval to the money. It also meant we own the finances. Now... Think about that. That's true. Because if you have a nation's money, you basically have that nation at the throat. And if you kill that financial institution that that is run on, you can kill that nation. You can destroy that nation. Brothers and sisters, that financial collapse is just around the corner also. That's what they plan to do. Auditor from hell. There's a high price to pay for having absolute power. Remember that these people not just serve Satan. That's their master. And Satan always, always, always demands a sacrifice for what he gives. You know, when God gives you something, he gives it freely. When he gives you a gift, he gives it freely. And he doesn't take it back. Satan's not the same way. You cross him and pretty much you're out the door. So one of the things he demands is blood sacrifice. Well, they're not going to sacrifice their own selves. Or anyone in their own family. So what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to choose one of us. The innocents. I thought this was kind of an interesting card because, see, there actually is a book of Kells. It's a magical grimoire or a magical book written way back in the ancient times. And what it says is basically that it shows you step by step by step how to go about summoning up these demonic powers where you can make these blood packs with. And that's what the book of Kells is. So what I believe the Lord is saying is a deal was struck and a pact was made for ownership of America. Now, I was in Baltimore and a lady came up and she said, have you ever seen the map of the layout of the Capitol area? And I don't know if, if, if anyone's seen it yet or not, but there, it, it, it's out, I mean, you can even go on internet and find it, but it, it's, a ca- it's a layout of the Capitol and if you go from point to point, in other words, if you go from like the White House to the Washington Monument and over to some other monuments and other, other points, it actually forms a five-pointed inverted star. Well, that's not by coincidence, that's by design. The Masonic Order are the ones who designed that. So a blood pact was made using the innocents for sacrifice. Well, remember, they're not going to sacrifice their own cells, so the sacrifice became you and I the innocence. And a hex was placed over this nation. You don't think we have a spell over this nation now? That's why the United States of America and other countries will never be the superpowers they once were. They'll never be the military powers, they'll never be the financial powers, the trade powers, all those things they once were, because now a spell had been placed and cast over our country, over our nation.
0: 40 books, $800 value for $100. Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy is a deep dive into Bible prophecy. Miss the Mark is the book you give to people that you never want to take the mark of the beast. God's Warnings to America is 101 modern prophecies, everything from Dimitri Dudeman to rest of the most popular, the most credible prophets out there. Tribulation Secrets in Daniel is the book that you read to understand, as a tribulation saint, what you need to know. And then, How Pre Trib 1, you'll settle your question about the rapture. Now, you can get all five of these in a giant package. We offer them in shrink wrap sets. Shrink wrap sets of 10 for the Understand Bible Prophecy. Miss the Mark is in shrink wrap sets of 10. God's Warning is shrink wrap sets of 10. Daniel is 5. How Pre Trib 1 is 5. So it's a total of 40 books. Valued at $800, all for a gift of just $100 at prophecyclub.com. The good news is EMP Shield has devices the military testing facility says protect 100% against EMP, solar flares, lightning, power surges, backed by a 10-year warranty and a $25,000 insurance policy. View simple video installation instructions for home vehicles, RV. You can have electricity in a blackout. Use the promo code PROPHECY for a $50 gift card, and it helps your Prophecy Club. These days, emergency food is mostly sold out, but HeavensHarvest.com has all sorts of emergency supplies and food in stock. Their food comes in square stackable buckets, breakfast, entree, protein, fruits and vegetables, vegetables. I recommend you have at least 12 months of food for each person in your family receive a free box of heirloom seeds when you enter the promo code stan at heavensharvest.com promo code stan terry sock is a prophecy student and he reads his king james bible and he believes in winning souls so much he is supporting the prophecy club so that we can win more souls so if you want to support someone that loves prophecy and wants to win souls I'm going to send you to cornerstoneassetmetals.com where you can get all sorts of precious metals, gold, silver, rhodium, palladium, and things like that. cornerstoneassetmetals.com Click like, share, subscribe, and send to a friend.